Donald Stewart, and you're tuned to Nature's Edge. You all know that I'm an outdoorsman, you know, that I hunt, I fish, I explore. Our guest today, uh, however, is one of the few people I know who is a well-rounded an outdoorsman as you'll ever meet. From first ascents down Alaskan rivers to duck hunting with his son in local swamps, our guest has done it all and written about it in his long career as an outdoor journalist and adventure writer. Mr. T. Edward Nickens, or better known as Eddie. Eddie's been writing for Field and Stream for over a decade, winning many national awards. He is also the editor-at-large for Field and Stream magazine. He's the author of the Total Outdoorsman Manual, which has been a bestseller worldwide and has a, uh, a new book out today, which we're going to talk about, The Total Outdoorsman Skills and Tools. In addition to writing about hunting, fishing, and wilderness travel for Field and Stream, he is the host and field producer for Field and Stream's Heroes of Conservation web series and for five years was host of Gun Nuts. Eddie is based out of North Carolina. Eddie, it is a pleasure to welcome you to Nature's Edge, my friend. Hey, Dale, happy to be here for sure. I guess the best thing we could start off is Eddie, in, in your mind, what makes a total outdoorsman? You know, Dale, a lot of us are super passionate about you know, one or two things in the outdoors. You know, there's guys that just love to duck hunt. There's there's fly fishing aficionados. But for a lot of us, we just like to do it all. And it's really it's hard. It's hard to find the time to do it all. It's hard to have the skill set to, to do it all well. Um, so I think that total outdoorsman is somebody who takes advantage of whatever that time of year offers, you know, whether it's camping in the spring and summer, whether it's fishing, um, just someone who who's not content to just dip their toe in the outdoors. Man, they just want to go all in all the time. Yeah, I totally agree. The only thing I would say is, is friends, it's not about time; it's about priorities. <laughs> you got you got to make you got to make those priorities work for you. And of course, for me, it's. It's being in the outdoor world, as I, as I know it is for you, Eddie. Eddie, tell me a little bit. You've, you've, got, the, you've got the new uh, Field and Stream, the Total Outdoorsman Skills and Tool book, and I guess it just, just came out, huh? Yeah, this thing just came out in October, Dale. It's the follow-up to the first Total Outdoorsman manual, which has been out for about three years. And as you mentioned earlier, that book was just hugely successful. It's translated in six different languages. It sold close to 200,000 copies. So we knew we were on to something that folks really, really loved, so we, we wanted to put together a second volume, all new skills, but these are all geared towards how to use gear, Dale. You know, outdoors folks, we just we love stuff. We love hunting stuff and fishing stuff. We like rods and reels, and a lot of times we like the latest and the greatest and the newest, and this, this book is not a buyer's guide. It's a it's a guide to how to use the stuff you already have and how to use it better, how to make stuff, how to repair gear, how to how to hack gear, do funny things with it. Um, just all about gear. It's got some great stories in there from trips I've been able to, to enjoy for field and stream across North America. So we're, we're really excited about this skills and tools manual. Yeah, and I, and I can tell my listeners, I, I'm, I have a copy of the book here in front of me, and it is a, it is a great book with a lot of great photographs and illustrations and uh it covers everything from from camping to fishing to hunting to surviving and uh as Eddie said it, it is a book that's uh 
I think every outdoorsman uh, should should absolutely have an uh, on their and in their uh, in their bookshelf. Eddie, let's talk a little bit about some of the um, so, kind of how the book is is broken down. I know you you have sections in there on camping, you have sections on fishing, hunting, and uh, and surviving. And uh, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, just some of the tips and how the book's laid out. I guess we can just start out with with camping and and kind of uh, how you how it's laid out. Well, the book does have the four chapters: Dale, hunting, fishing, camping, survival. Um, you know, and a lot of these skills cut across a number of those categories. But we we dialed in on some specific skills that we thought folks would want to have for each of these categories. You know, I, we love to camp. In North Carolina and the southeast, I mean, we're blessed with great places to go camping. We're also blessed with, with weather where we can camp pretty much 12 months out of the year. Um, and so we've, we've dealt with issues as varied in this chapter. It's hot weather camping, how to, how to stay cool at night. Uh, cold weather camping, you know, how to, stay, how to stay warm and some great ideas on how to rainproof your tent, you know, just how to make that tent as bomb-proof as possible. That's the you know, that's probably the worst thing that can happen to any kid, any any young person who's interested in the outdoors is to go on a camping trip and you just have you know you have crappy old equipment, Dale, and you don't know how to really use it, and the thunderstorm comes up and you wake up wet. You know what? You you've turned somebody off to the outdoors for the rest of their life. So we want to get away from that. This book is. It's designed for beginners. It's designed for experts. Uh, and the camping section is pretty cool. You know, we've got some Dutch oven cooking tips in there. We've got cleaning tips in there. Lots of fire stuff. People love fires. Oh, they do. And, and you know, that that's that's a skill that uh, a lot of people think they can do well, but uh, it's a skill that they need to practice a little bit. You know, it's, it's kind of snowing here in western North Carolina this morning, and the wind's blowing, and makes it a little more difficult to start a fire. But... Uh, that's certainly a skill that I talk about. One of the other things that I find interesting, you also talk about uh, uh, how to turn back uh, ticks and chiggers, uh, how to suit up for that. Yeah, you know, if you turkey hunt in the spring or camp in the fall, and look, I'm in eastern North Carolina, and it's it's just it's, it's horrible out there. Yeah, you know? yeah that it is. Especially with, especially with the chiggers, you know. And I don't mind deep, and I don't mind bug dope, and I don't mind uh, wearing mosquito netting. But we have sort of devised this this way to use some of these high concentrations of DEET in a little bit safer manner where you're just applying it to um, around your boot tops, around your waistband, around your uh, around your wrist to kind of pr- provide this, this barrier to ticks and chiggers that'll, that'll crawl up. So this way you don't have to just slather yourself with bug dough, but you still have a really, really uh, serious protective layer of, of insect repellent. So those are the kinds of skills that are in the book, just practical stuff to help folks enjoy the outdoors better, help them learn some great skills. And I know, like myself, uh, Eddie, you're also a big believer in uh, trying out gear and, and using that gear before you actually go into the field with it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's important. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to look online these days and try to figure out what kind of gears is going to work but i'm just i'm a big proponent a of you know independent outdoor gear retailers and trying to get to some of these guys to help them stay in business and i'm a big proponent of going into these stores and you know trying things out you know pull a sleeping bag off the rack unzip it get in it 
store, the store sit up, make sure it doesn't bind, make sure the zippers work. You know, if a store doesn't want you to do that, then they don't want your they don't want your business. But there's other great tips in the book. Uh, you know, we call try before you buy of ways that you can sort of analyze if boots, if backpacks, if fly rods are going to work for you before you actually shell out the cash. Absolutely, and I'm one of those guys, uh, Eddie, like yourself, that's been known to climb in a sleeping bag on the floor, wiggle around in it, trash the zippers and everything else while the uh, uh, people just kind of stare at me, and then uh, and then I start talking <laughs> to people about it. Next thing I know, four or five people are in sleeping bags on the floor of, uh, of, the, local, uh, of the local outdoor stores. But yeah, you don't want to you don't want to wait till it's it's too cold or too wet, till it's too late to do something about the gear. Absolutely not. And and again, once you you go buy that new tent or you go buy that new piece of equipment, I tell people all the time, man, go in your backyard and and try it out before you're uh, deep in the wild and it's it's raining or snowing, the wind's blowing and it's about to get dark. Uh, you are listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, and our special guest today is editor-at-large of Field and Stream, Mr. Ed Nickens, and we shall return shortly after these messages. Back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale Stewart. We are speaking today with the editor at large of Field and Stream Magazine and a true outdoorsman, if there ever was one, uh, Eddie Nickens. Uh, Eddie, we were talking about uh, camping and things people need to know there, but you know, one of the things that my listeners know that's very close to my heart, and I know it's close to you guys uh, at Field and Stream as well, and that's that's Getting your kids and getting young men and women uh, involved in the outdoors. Yeah, that's just critical, Dale, and it starts so early. I remember uh, changing my daughter's diaper on the trail side, you know, years and years ago. Now she's 18. She's up there in school in, in Boone, North Carolina, and, and loving the outdoors. My son is 15, a sophomore in high school. He loves to hunt and fish. We travel around. and You know, I think it all started because my wife and I took the time early on to, you know, to get them out. We camped a lot, fished a lot, and it's just a matter of getting them used to, you know, living life beyond the sidewalk. Oh, absolutely. And, I, you know, I do a lot of talking to uh, to parents and a lot of talking to kids' groups, and I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in getting those kids out there as early as possible. And, you know, I grew up in that world, so, it, you know, from the time I was old enough to kind of waddle out into the woods, I was out there with my uh, with, with my dad and my grandfather and, you know, learning those basic skills from a very, very early age. And and, uh, and, and I do see a growth. Uh, I do see more kids, uh, uh, more parents seem to be getting involved in getting their kids in the outdoor world. And uh, you and I were talking off air, there's a huge growth among uh among women uh, getting outdoors, not only in camping, but uh, hunting and fishing. Yeah, you know, we're real fortunate in this industry that we've seen an uptick, uh, particularly in, in hunting licenses. 
being sold over the last few years, which goes against the grain of you know years and years of declining hunting sales. Yeah. But I, I think popular culture has a lot to do with this, Dale. You know, the, the, the popularity of shows like, like Duck, uh, Duck Dynasty, uh, it's got kids interested, and which I think is a wonderful thing. Um, it's, it's all a matter now of providing them with the access uh, to mentoring kids, uh, and the same with, with more and more women in the hunting and fishing industry. That's been a huge growth for a lot of retailers. Uh, are are you know women specific clothing models, women specific gear models? So we're we're breaking down the barriers. You know, it's 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 not just a man's world out there anymore, and it shouldn't be. No, and and as you were just stating, I mean the the uh, the outdoor manufacturing world is is caught onto that, and now are designing uh, gear specifically for women. Yeah, there's there's lots of of that kind of thing. I mean, you look at folks like uh, Eva Shockey, and you look at some of the celebrity female hunters on television and you know yeah there's there's some backlash against that you know they're all they're all gorgeous they're all well made up but at the same time it's showing it's showing young ladies young women that this is an open door for them now that that they shouldn't feel like you know hunting and fishing and 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 camping is just a man's world and I, i really applaud that oh i do too i i absolutely agree with you let me. I'm going to jump back on uh, kids just a, a one second. Is a thumb through the book. I I noticed that uh, you have a a, na- a nice little uh, article there on uh, on choosing a kid's first knife. Uh, I'm a big knife guy, and and uh, actually this was a question asked to me the other night. A, a a gentleman is is planning to get his his son his first knife, and I think his son is is seven or eight years old. Uh, what would you recommend? What what should they look for? <laughs> Well, you know, people really raise their eyebrows when they think about giving a kid a knife. They Look, do. You know, we, it, a knife is a tool. It's, it, it's, it it's nothing more than a hammer or a screwdriver. Uh, you just got to use it right. I'll tell you, I used to take, when my kids were little, I'd take a Swiss Army knife and a Dremel rotary tool, and I'd grind that edge down to where it was just as dull as it could be, give them that knife and say, have at it. And they learned to love to just mess around with a knife. Um, now, granted. You know, a dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife. That that wasn't the point, but there's there's so many great knives out there with some some features that are specific to kids. I'm a big fan of folding blades, particularly, and some of these new locking systems that they have in these folding blades just turn these turn these folders into into rock solid kid knives. I love a flipper style folder for a kid because it's it's easy to open the blade. Uh, with your index finger flipping that notch on the uh, the back spine of the blade, but once it's locked into position, that notch, that flipper notch, provides a great finger guard. So kids can grab that knife; they don't have to worry about it slipping down, uh, slipping down to the blade. So it's all about teaching your kids how to handle gear. We do a lot, uh, do a lot of detail about this in the book. A lot of stuff about about knife safety, about knife sharpening, about knife tricks. Uh, in this in this book, uh, but it's a matter of getting getting them used to it and and not afraid. Same thing with firearms. You know, my kids have never been fascinated with firearms in this sort of exotic way because they've seen rifles and shotguns all their lives. You know, handled safely, stored safely, but uh, it's just something to use. It's a, it's another it's another tool. Absolutely. I mean, I, I like you. You know, I grew up. Uh in a household of, uh, as I said earlier, of, of hunters and, and fishermen, and 
and and guns and knives were always around. But you know, from the uh, from the very earliest days, I I can remember uh, being exposed to them and knew what they were for and sort of knew the do's and don'ts. And uh, you know, I so I wasn't surprised. Uh, uh, like a lot of kids are when they when they saw something because just the curiosity of a of a child if if they're not used to something is going to make them take a look at it. Yeah, but that curiosity is a, is a great thing, you know. As you, as oh, you agree. agree, and you know, we've we've been really really happy at Field and Stream with how many kids have loved these books. I mean, these are these are these are books that you find in hunt cabins and fish camps and and coffee tables all all over. It's it's a great book for grown ups no doubt, but it's also a great book uh, for youngsters because there's a lot of fun information in here, a lot of stuff that they can actually learn and use you know, right then. So we're, we're very happy with the way the kids have responded. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. And, I, and again, uh, I want to rec- recommend this book to my, to my uh, readers. And, and the kids will get a, will get a real uh, joy out of this book, again, not only from the from the information that's in there, but from the pictures that, uh, that that demonstrate a lot of this, Eddie, let's let's switch topics a little bit and talk a little bit about fishing. Uh, I'm an avid fisherman, and and uh, of course I'm a I'm an avid fly fisherman, uh, being over here in the west part of the state, and have, have been fortunate enough to fly fish all over the world. But uh, uh, that whole world is changing with equipment and everything else. Correct? It is, you know, and and. You know, I think there's some some challenges with the fly fishing aspect, Dale. You know, folks are very interested in fly fishing. It's very active. Um, it's athletic. It's very graceful. Uh, I'm not one of those folks that think fly fishing is an art. I never refer to it as an art. You no, know, it's I don't a skill, like like any other skill. Uh, but you know, fly fishing has this has this uh, reputation as being sort of exclusive and very expensive, and, it, and it's crazy. Uh, how some how some of these fly rods are eight nine hundred dollars, uh, very 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 fine tools, but you don't have to have that. No, nope. certainly don't have to have that to start out. And so I uh, you know, I encourage youngsters to uh, to learn how to fly fish. It's it's one of those skills where really uh, taking a course from a from a local retailer, getting out there with a with an expert that shows you how to do it um, is really is really helpful. You know, it's it's one of those skills that I've kind of had a hard time. Teaching my kids, you know, because it's it's real specific, and yeah, let's be honest, it can be a little tedious to learn how to how to fly cast. And the last thing they want to do is dad sitting there telling them what to do time and time again. But uh, but fly fishing is a you know it's a great sort of gateway activity to learning so many other things about the outdoors. Oh, it is. I I absolutely uh, agree with that. Of course, I grew up with a cane pole and a and a, and a cork. That was kind of that was kind of what I grew up fishing, and still use that. Uh, particularly in survival situations. We can talk about that a little more later. This is Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, and our guest today is the one and only Mr. Ed Nickens. Uh, Ed is the editor-at-large of Field and Stream magazine, and uh, he's been writing for Field and Stream uh, for over a decade and, and has won a lot of awards. And we shall return with our discussion with Eddie after the short break.
Welcome back to Nature's Edge. This is Dale Stewart. We are fortunate today to be speaking with Mr. Eddie Nickens. Eddie is the editor-at-large of Field and Stream magazine and the uh, uh, one of the authors of, of the Total Outdoorsman, uh, Skills and Tools, which is a follow-up book to a, to a book of, I guess, three or four years ago called The Total Outdoorsman. And this is an amazing book, folks, and I recommend everyone get it. Um, Eddie, let me ask you something. You you live in North Carolina, and you're you're a uh, yeah, a, a Southern boy now. How how is that that uh, we were talking off off uh, off uh, radio a few minutes ago about you know a lot of people don't think of Field and Stream as really or or a lot of the outdoor magazines for that matter being necessarily Southern influenced, but uh, uh, it has been. And and so how's that Southern influence sort of uh, dealt with what you do there? Well, you know, we've got we've got great regions around the country that are that are known for for specific things. You know, you got the Midwest with the, with the big deer. You got out west Rockies with elk. But I'll tell you, in the South, you know, we're, we're sort of known for for doing it all. Sort of like this whole this whole book concept, the Total Outdoorsman, uh, doing it all. We've got twelve months of the year of, of great weather that we can just get get after it, and uh, it's been fun. It's been fun for for me to be able to talk about some of the cool southern traditions uh, in field and stream, I've done I've done feature stories on on deer dogging. I've done feature stories on squirrel hunting with squirrel dogs. I, I just got back from the Ozarks uh, where I spent four days uh, gigging river suckers at night, which is a 200 year old tradition out there that that few people outside that region know about. That's that's one thing I've really had a lot of fun with is uncovering some of these super regional traditions and uh and put them on a national stage it's been a lot of fun oh absolutely and i and i agree it seems like uh every little region uh has their own little uh their own little thing that they do i i know not long ago i was down in south louisiana where i grew up and i was with some friends and we went noodling uh, for catfish and and uh, you know that's that's more of a seems to be more of a southern thing getting uh Getting down in there and reaching up under those logs and overhangs and and putting your hand in a catfish mouth. Yeah, but I got to tell you, Phil, of all of the things that you can do in the outdoors, that's the one thing I really don't want to try. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't blame you because let me tell you something. You get a you get a uh, a good sized catfish on your arm. <laughs> Uh, that's an exciting thing to do, especially when he pulls you back down under the water and you can't turn loose of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, a, uh, that's, uh, that's a little, a little daunting to me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've had a couple of opportunities to do it and look, I'm not, I'm not too scared of anything in the outdoors, but the catfish noodling, man, I don't know, <laughs> just sticking my hand down there. Woo. Dog it. I, yeah. Beyond, beyond the pale for me, brother. I tell you what, you do it once and you get that good sized catfish, and it, it, it's kind of like uh, it, it's kind of like taking that first turkey or deer. It it it's there's something about it that sort of gets in the blood. Man, I will take <laughs> your word for it. Yeah, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, get back into the book a little bit. We we were talking about fishing, and you know, there's such great. Uh, information in the book. I mean, you talk about everything from selecting canoes to to successfully rigging up that that old cane pole and cork. Uh, uh, 
that I that I enjoyed doing and and replacing uh, drag washers in, in, in your reel. You even talk a little bit about uh, how to skin a catfish once you catch it noodling, huh? huh? Don't you, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you catch it noodling and hand it to me, Dale. You'll be you'll be glad to uh, to clean it there. Uh, let's let's jump ahead a little bit. I mean, again, you, you the the book has so much information in it uh, uh, that is just. I mean, I've been doing this my whole life, and just seeing some of this stuff uh, brings it right back to me, and it, it's uh, uh, it, it's it's just great. I mean, you, you even uh, talk about uh, grilling fish. Uh, on tree branches and things like that, things which I've done for a long time, which are pretty neat. And you also get into the importance of knots, uh, tying knots, not only in the fishing but in, in the camping and everything else. And that's a skill that a lot of people uh, don't necessarily have that I think is is, is one of those that, that is important. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I've got a number of, of books of, of knots around the world, and it, it really is fascinating to see all of the solutions uh, to different problems that people have come up with that they that they solve with knots, uh, you you can get kind of sucked into this knot world. And I'm not one of those one of those folks that feel like you need to know 20 different knots. I think you need to I think you need to find five or six knots that work and know how to tie them frontwards, backwards, blindfolded, in the dark, underwater. Uh, I mean, just like a trucker's hitch. If you can tie a Bomb-proof trucker's hitch. Right. You can you, know, you can solve you can solve half the world's problems right there with a bomb-proof trucker's hitch. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Let's uh, let's jump ahead to something. Uh, let's talk about hunting. Uh, I've got uh, you know I have listeners all over the place. I have a lot of my listeners who are avid hunters like myself and uh, who get out there and hunt ducks and squirrels and rabbits and deer and and uh, bear and and a lot of them uh, go after some of the larger animals but also have a listening uh, also have some listeners that uh, you know they don't get too excited when we talk about hunting uh, but uh, I'd, I'd like your take on that a little bit uh, Eddie what, what do you what do you say to to uh, the naysayers if you will well it's interesting to see how more and more people and more and more kinds of people are getting interested in hunting, you know, the advent of of fine cooking and culinary skills, and everyone loves to cook these days, has really attracted the attention of folks uh, that are interested in, in wild game hunting. Um, when you look at the whole locavore and farm to table movement, you know, there's nothing more farm to table than than taking a wild deer on your own um, and cleaning it and butchering it and bringing it to your home. It's it's hormone free. It's it's free range as you can get. Uh, and, you know, sometimes I just kind of laugh and tell folks, you know, even I'm a vegetarian, I only eat highly processed acorns and soybeans. Uh, <laughs> they've been processed through, processed through a deer's gut. Yep, but yep. Uh, but uh, I think there's a greater awareness. I think there's a – I think more and more people are willing to look at hunting um, as a very – integral way of providing nutrition for themselves for their for their family um and so that's been a real gateway yeah that we've seen we've seen urban populations you know the hipsters in the in the in the metropolitan areas that are signing up uh 
you know, for, for butchering classes because this is this is seen as actually, you know, getting away from industrial farming, getting away from corporate industrial agriculture and livestock and actually going out and providing food for yourself in a very sustainable manner. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that. And so to those folks uh, who, you know, look, if, for, for those who are who, who have a moral issue with hunting, that's, that's fine. That, that's fine. Um, but for the vast majority of people who, who don't really have an issue with hunting, they're just not quite sure about it, I'll just have to say it's a, it's a very rewarding exercise to, to feed yourself with some of the finest, cleanest, hormone-free organic food there is out there. Oh, I could not agree uh, agree more with you, and, and so many of my listeners are, are into uh, sustainable lifestyles and, and being uh, sustainable, and I, I think the ability to hunt and fish and provide uh, food for your for your family through those uh, mechanisms is is one of the uh, is one of the the, the stars of, of survival of um, sustainability. I think so too, and, and again, not to really get into the whole you know, anti-hunting argument, but it's, it's, it's finding much more appeal to people who were sort of outside of the hunting world. More and more people who didn't grow up hunting, but are very, very interested in this notion of sustainability. Um, and hunting is absolutely sustainable. The North American model for wildlife management is predicated on Harvesting only those animals that are, you know, sort of above the carrying capacity of the habitat. Uh, this notion of compensatory mortality—that you're not, you're not adding to the uh, loss of, of, of animals. Yep. Eddie, I'm gonna have to cut it you really, off there. Really feels default, philosophically. Yeah, I, I have to cut you off there. We're right up against uh, a break again, and we will be back shortly and and continue our conversation with uh, Ed Nickens. This is Dale Stewart, and you are back on the air with Nature's Edge, and my guest today, Mr. Eddie Nickens, who is the editor-at-large at Field and Stream magazine. You know, there's one area of the book, Eddie, we haven't really talked about, and uh, since I'm sort of known as, as uh, someone who, who discusses this a lot, let's, let's talk about survival a little bit uh, and where it fits into the whole uh, outdoorsman world. Well, people are real enamored of survival. Uh, and and I sometimes wonder about that, Dale, because how many of us are, are really faced with a true survival situation? Now, it absolutely can happen, um, and I think it's very important to have those survival skills, but there's kind of the, the position I took or the angle I took with this book was we've got some skills in there that really relate to life and death situations, but for a lot of us, you know, we just like to survive the next bad thing that happens in the in the woods or on the water so we can get on with hunting and fishing and camping and enjoying ourselves. So a lot of these skills that are in the book have to do with, you know, first aid, with what to do, you know, when you get when you get jumped on by a dozen uh, uh yellow jackets. Yep. Uh what you know, how to close up <laughs> a, a deep cut 
uh, in the back country. So, you know, you don't have to stop your, your activity. So there's a lot in this book about absolute survival, you know, how to survive uh, being called out in a, a vicious lightning storm, how to, how to survive being stranded overnight in your vehicle when you're, when you're caught in a winter storm. But, but for me, too, I think, I think we can also look at survival as, you know, how do I just get past this next rough spot uh, so I can keep on getting on and, and keep hiking and keep camping and keep fishing and keep enjoying myself? Absolutely. And, and, and uh, folks, I will tell you that the book, you know, he really touches on things that are much more likely to happen to you and kind of ruin your day. I mean, uh, they talk about uh, insect stings. He talks about snake bites uh, in the book. Uh, talks about evaluating uh, your 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 compass. He talks about uh, uh, preparing for anaphylactic shock and what what that means. So the things that you really talk about in here are, are sort of things that uh, that really could happen to you. How to remove a uh, a fish hook. Um, which I have done more than once uh, over, <laughs> over the years. So, yeah, I I, I like that. I, I like that sort of common sense approach that, that you've taken here. Yeah, and I think that way you you put it, Dale. Things that'll just ruin your day uh, is a good way to is a good way to look at it. You know, we definitely need to survive you know, the tragedies, survive the disasters. But man, I, I want to be able to survive a you know my, my canoe turning over and and trying to figure out how to get all my stuff dry as well. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, or, or things like, um, you know, how to open a can without a can opener. I mean, that's such <laughs> great stuff in here. And and, uh, and you talk about one of the things that I never leave home without, and that's duct tape. Uh, you, uh, Man, du- <laughs> duct tape is good stuff. You know, I'm, I'm convinced with duct tape and a piece of PVC and, you know, maybe a handful of, a cable ties. There's not many situations you can't MacGyver your situation out of. I I totally agree. Uh, you also in the, in the book you've got uh, you've got some pretty good recommendations. Uh, uh, not not specific to a product, but some pretty good recommendations on uh, how to pack for a week uh, survival kit. How to do a three day survival kit. Uh, even how to use an Altoid can, which I actually have one in my pocket uh, for a one day survival. Uh, a survival kit. So, again, the things that you talk about in here are, are, are uh, just uh, ama- how to make a slingshot. I just noticed that. that that's something that I grew up doing uh, my whole life, but uh, that is a survival tool, is, is a slingshot. Yeah, you know, people love to make stuff, and this book is all about uh, the skills involved with, with using gear. So there's, there's a lot of just funny well, not funny, but oddball how to make items in the in the woods. You know, from how to make a emergency bowl out of duct tape. Yep. To how to make a, how to make a fish stringer out of a kudzu vine. Uh, just all kinds of fun stuff that you can that you can make that'll make your days of field go a little bit better. Well, absolutely. And and as we talked about a little earlier, there's nothing like being out there uh, miles and miles uh, away from. Uh, civilization or the closest hardware store and realize that you have you've forgotten something or you don't have a, a specific thing with you uh, and and really there's nothing like sitting down there on a log and and making something that will work for you during that uh, during that time period yeah and it's just it's just fun to, to do that uh, my son and i went out and we had kind of a 
survival night this past winter. We did it for a story that, that ran in field and stream. We just we went out early in the early in the spring in a canoe, and we had a, a small small survival kit with us. We we looked at each other. We said one two three. Turned the boat over, dumped over in the canoe, and then you know, for the next eighteen hours we had to make do with what we had on us. You know, we made a debris hut. We made a, uh, a duct tape bowl so we could filter water. We had, a, we had a great time, and it's a it's a great exercise to, to do is to go out and survive a night where it's not crazy cold and not you know, raining cats and dogs, but to see if you can do these things, to learn how to build a debris hut, to learn how to gather water, to learn how to build a fire with a minimum of materials. I, I'd encourage everybody to do that. You know what? Take the book along. Maybe it'll give you a hand while you're out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, And I, and I have done that a number of times, not always as a test. <laughs> But I, right, right. You know, I've I've had those things uh, going. Eddie, it has been a true joy speaking with you and and talking about the book. Where can where can people get get uh, get the book? Well, the book is brand new, uh, just published in mid October, Dale. But it's out there. It's out at some of the big box bookstores, the Barnes and Nobles, the Books a Million. I think a lot of uh, BJ's, even Costco's, carrying the book. Uh, independent bookstores carry it as do some of the specialty retailers and of course this day and age you can't ever get away from the all-powerful all-knowing amazon and yeah. it's absolutely available on amazon.com what about uh what about on field and stream or uh, uh is it available through uh, through the magazine or on online you know you can find the link on the fieldandstream.com web page uh but the thing is pretty new it's probably a better I did a good one, Amazon. If you're going to order it online, uh, especially if you're trying to get it uh, get it before Christmas, I guess as as gifts. And and I would recommend all of my outdoor enthusiasts uh, uh, to to get this book. It doesn't matter if you hunt, fish, uh, backpack, camp, or what. This book is full of amazing information, amazing photographs, and and uh, and sort of how to pictures and. I'm one of those guys that sometimes I can read something and then, uh, uh, but if you got a picture of it right beside it, which which is done throughout this book, it sure makes uh, the learning process easier. Uh, Eddie, again, my friend, I really appreciate you taking this uh, this time and and talking with us here on Nature's Edge. Uh, I I look forward to um, to having you back on here. Absolutely, me too, Dale. It's been a lot of fun. There's just there's just so much to cover. Uh, not only in the book, but just uh, things and uh, uh, that, that that we could we can share. Our guest today has been Mr. Edward Nickens, uh, better known as Eddie. Uh, he is the editor at large, uh, one of the editor at large of Field and Stream, and uh, we've been talking about his follow-up uh, to to his best-selling book, Total Outdoorsman Manual. The new book is the Total Outdoorsman. Skills and Tools, 324 Tips. It is a book that I highly recommend, and it's also a book that I'm going to be uh, uh, giving to a number of my friends. You're listening to Nature's Edge with Dale Stewart, and until next time, I will see you in the wild. Mm-hmm.